Uh, if you turn to Matthew chapter 24, uh, with um, is like you probably heard many people talking about we're living in the end time and so on and so forth, and uh, and you have to understand that we when when we talk about the end time, it started when Jesus ascended, okay. And uh, sometimes we have to understand that the way Jesus talk is not the way he don't use words the same way as we do. So like say he comes back soon. Okay. Uh, I don't know in your world, but in my world, soon is not 2000 years. No, if I say, oh, I'll be back in 2000 years, I wouldn't use the word soon. I might, I might just say I will come back. Okay. So, but that should be an indication to each one of us that we, we, that Jesus communicates in a different way than we do. Okay, so uh, you know he put different values upon words that we might not put values on because of the culture, like the King James version uh, in the Old Testament, especially they used the word charity. And uh, at the time when the Bible was translated, at that time the word charity was a very very strong word for love. But in our culture today, charity is like a charity shop. It's like second hand, leftovers, a bit cheap. Uh, okay, but. So it's very important that when we read the Word of God, or when we read the Bible, or that we cannot assume that God speaks, or we cannot assume that what, God, what we heard God say is what we think He means. You know, like uh, you know, in, in any you know, like when I, when I used to do marriage counseling or something like that, it was always like someone said, you know, you said that, and then we all would say, but that's not what I meant. Okay. And, uh, yeah, but I heard you say, yeah, but that's not what I meant. And it's very important, the same thing with, with God, that uh, we, we need to understand, we, we need to know how he thinks. We need to know how his value system is, so that we can understand what he's saying to us. Because many of, many of times, like, the church history is full of crazy people who have thought, this thing about Jesus is coming back soon, that, it's now, it's now, okay? And uh, and I I don't think that we should spend time on that, really, because remember when Jesus ascended and the disciples were looking up into the sky and then suddenly the angels appeared and said, what are you doing? You know, they were looking up in the sky because they thought he was coming back immediately. You know, they thought he was going to make a U-turn and just come back. But, but there's another point to it too. That if you notice, the Bible does not talk a lot about heaven. The Bible does not talk a lot about hell. The Bible talks a lot about life here on earth. This life. Amen? And, and that's what, I, I, when the disciples were, I think they're, they're like an image of many people that they, they have their head in the sky, so to speak, and not dealing with life. Okay, when we got born again, if you notice, we didn't get taken away and got to heaven. We, we, we were still here. Why? Because there is a life that needs to be lived. Amen. There is a life that need, we need to be lived. And that is a life as a disciple. That's a life as an ambassador for the kingdom of God. It's a life as we need to manifest the will of God on earth as it happens in heaven. Amen. Not, not, we, we, we shouldn't spend our time like being in a standby situation and then just wait for the day when I'm dying or when Jesus is coming back or whatever. That is not the purpose. That is a waste of time. 
okay? Because it's about life here. And uh, in Matthew chapter 24, this is actually where Jesus, he talks about the end time. And as I said to, to you uh, uh, many times, that the most important thing he mentioned here in the end times is deception. Okay, it's not the earthquakes, it's not this, that, and the other nations against nations or whatever, you know, because that had happened all the time. Okay, all the time where nations have been fighting against nations, uh, and there have been earthquakes, uh, there have been natural disasters, and so on and so forth. And I remember I used to grow up with people who always, oh, yeah, uh, he's coming back soon. Now, this is 30 years ago now, but he's coming back soon. He's every, but, but it was a way they tried to explain. They tried to spiritualize everything that, was not need, that did not need to be spiritualized. It was an earthquake. Amen? It's not a sign that he's coming back. It's an earthquake. It's a natural disaster. Don't spiritualize and say, oh, it's the end time. Things are getting worse and blah, blah, and so on and so forth. <coughs> that's not that's not the, the purpose, okay? The, so so but but the main thing is that we need to be aware of now that we are living in a time where I would say there is a great deception, even in the body of Christ today. That a lot of people who say they are believers or Christians, they are not Christians, okay? And I spoke to a pastor, and uh, we had a good laugh about it. You know, you know, in the world, we probably all have friends. That uh, we call, I used to, you know, we call it, and every time you speak to them, they always want to sound a little bit more important. And uh, so they just have to drop a name in, you know, someone, you know, you know that, uh, so, uh, you know, name dropping, for, just to elevate themselves a little bit uh, in your eyes. And, uh, and a lot of this thing that you hear about God have shown me, or God told me, or God spoke to me, or God gave me a dream, or God gave me a vision, or whatever, you, you know, you can fill in the blanks, is really the greatest name dropping of all. Amen? It's really, you know, like, you have to understand, God does not communicate that way. He, you know, some people, they say, oh, God showed me this, and God showed me that. No, he doesn't talk like that. You know, when I use these phrases, it's not like, God speaks to me and says, or something, word, word, word. This is me vocalizing what God has put into my spirit. So when you hear someone say, God show, but the thing is that God is not running around showing everyone everything about everything. Okay? I, I always said that the, God speaks to you about what you are responsible for. Amen? Like, I, I know unemployed people who've been on benefits their whole life, and they come and tell me from Denmark that God had told them who is going to be the next president in America. And they think, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, I, so I said, why would God speak to you about that? You can't even vote in America. You know, but, but it's because of insecurity. Because we, we all have a need for identity. We all have a need to be valued. We all have a need to belong somewhere. But let us not go in the world's way. We as believers, we find our identity in Jesus. In, we are what he says that we are. We can do what he says that we can do. Okay? But we don't need to every time say something, God told me, God told me. You know, like someone say, oh, 
Oh, I, I had a good meal. Praise the Lord. Uh, come on. What, what are we talking about? Can, can't you just enjoy the meal? You know, it's like we have to. It's like we have to over spiritualize things, which has nothing to do with God. Okay. And uh, I said to someone the other day and said that, you know, that when when people when you say grace for the food, the problem is when you go to a Christian home, you always eat cold food. Because I don't know, I, I, I was with a pastor, and I'm telling you, he didn't pray, he preached. So every time I ate with him, the food was always cold, because after he finished praying, the food was cold. Okay? And, uh, but, but here in the end time, that uh, Jesus, he talks about that beware, because there will be many coming in his name. In, this is Matthew 24, verse 5. He say, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Okay? And you know, it, I know some people, they're teaching this thing, once saved, always saved. You know, I'm telling you, um, God will never reject you, but you can be deceived to reject God. Do, do you understand? God is faithful. God will always stay the same, but you can be deceived to reject God without even you knowing that you're rejecting God. Now, that's deception. Now, the problem when we are deceived, have you ever been deceived? The problem when you're deceived, you don't know. <laughs> Amen. You don't say, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm deceived now. <laughs> that's the problem with deception, that you don't know when you're deceived. And there is this, and I think what Jesus is talking about here. Now, I used to read this scripture that, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. So let's say, me, Kurt. Uh, so the way I read that scripture was, let's like, say, suddenly one day, I'm not Kurt anymore, I'm Christ. That, that, was how, that was how I read this. Okay? But this is not what Jesus is saying. He's actually saying, for many shall come in my name, Saying, I am Christ. No, it's Jesus talking. So he said, so, so, so the deception is not when you become a Buddhist or whatever. The, the deception is that you believe you are a Christian. Do, do you understand? Many shall come in my name and say, Jesus is who we say he is. But because of the deception lies in that that uh, we have brought this, especially we are exposed to it a lot in our culture, where people say this, that, and the other, God told me this, and God told me that, and God told me, and this is actually, and if you ask me, is Jesus Lord, they'll say yes, but because they keep talking like that, it shows there is no relationship. Because of they have to, they're using uh, other people to mirror themselves in that, to say, I am a Christian, I am a Christian. No, you, just like uh, you don't have to, when, when you introduce yourself, you don't have to introduce yourself and say, hello, my name is Ami, I'm normal. Amen? If, you know, if someone introduces themselves to you and say, hello, my name is, and I'm normal, <laughs> don't get too close, okay? Do, do you understand? And it's the same thing that... You don't see in the book of Acts, you don't see that it's like a big choir about God. Oh, God showed me this, and God told me that, and God told me this, and this, that, and the other. This is really based upon insecurity. Do, do you understand? It's just like a person who says, I'm normal just like you. 
<laughs> because they, they try to uh, uh, compensate for something that has not happened on the inside. Did you understand? And and it's the same thing with Christianity. No, the thing is, uh, you have to understand everything with Jesus happens in your heart. Okay? Uh, and then it will manifest in the natural. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, the, the, the terrible, terrifying thing is that you can say the same words, but it's not had to work in your heart. From the outside, it can sound the same, but from God's point of view, it's two different things. Do you understand? So, so, so one will say uh, something because it's reality in their heart. Another will say the same thing because it's not reality in their heart. You know, like I used to... You know, old people, they used to, uh, maybe I need to find that scripture soon, that uh, this thing, there's a scripture in in Isaiah about that your youth shall be renewed like the eagles. And, you know, every time, I, when I grew up as a believer, it was always old people who read that verse. Just like condemned people read Romans 8.1. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you know what, that's a beautiful verse, but it, when it's reality, but it can also be that someone who is so condemned all the time, we need to remind us, oh, I'm not condemned, I'm not condemned, I'm not condemned. Okay? And when your faith is not from your heart, but your faith is that you're trying to get it from the outside in. Something, you know, people confessing, 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 and it doesn't produce because it starts in the heart. Amen? So he says, for many shall come in my name. Notice it doesn't say one here and one there. For many shall come. Like, I, I don't know if, when I remember Y2K, you remember that 1999, midnight, oh yeah, planes will fall out of the sky. God showed me, uh, yeah, I even got newsletters for people where, you know, you need to stock up your basement with tin food, and, um, so many liters of water, and so on. We just forgot one thing, you also need a shotgun. Because if you find out you're the only one who got food in the whole area, who do you think they're going to come to? To you and the planes were falling down and everything and blah, blah, so on and so forth okay and did you notice nothing happened the next day i read in the newspaper there was some kind of meteor that was going to pass the earth's uh, circle in 2000 something like that many it's like people want to look for disasters okay and that's religion because that's ruled by fear you know, we, you know, one of the things you can notice with religion is always ruled by fear. Amen? You know, there are many Christians, they are not ruled by the Holy Spirit. They are ruled by fear. Okay? Because as you can hear it, how they are applying the word, how they are saying the word, how they are living the word, where it's applied is, is ruled by fear. Okay? So, so but... It, Actually, I'll start with verse 3. This is actually verse 3. And, 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 and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. It's deception. And the thing is that one of the things that uh, we, we, you know, when I talk about deception, 
I'm talking about that can be religious rituals, and that can be things we are done, but it's never real, you know, like an like a like a ceremonial thing we do for the sake of doing it. Okay, but they take heed, but no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And I'm telling you that I've met so many people lately that they, they, they say Jesus told them this and Jesus said that to them and so on and so forth. And I said to them, I, this is not the way God works. For when you say this is how God works, it shows me you do not know Jesus. Okay? You know why? Because just as he asked us to live by faith in him. You know, Jesus never asked us to do something that he does not do himself. So he lives with faith in us. I, 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 I remember that, uh, uh, what, how did I phrase it, that once uh, I say I got saved when I believed in him. I get transformed when I realized he believed in me. But can you imagine someone you know who says, I trust you, could you uh, pick up this thing for me? And you say yes. When two minutes later you text them, have you done it? And they say, no, not yet. Two minutes later you text them again. And two minutes again, four minutes, five minutes, six minutes, actually Wilson say, this is army. <laughs> but it comes to a point where we show we don't really trust them because we have to keep reminding, okay? And that's where God is not going to tell you, he's not going to say, God, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Okay, why? Because he trusts me, just like he trusts you. And that's where this, when you hear people who say, oh, God showed this, that, and the other, you know, most of the time it's, it's the most stupid things, people. Oh, God showed me to buy these shoes. Why didn't you just say you want these shoes? Don't involve God in it. God is not in the shoe business. God does not care about shoes. We saw that for 40 years in the desert. Can you imagine that? The only shoes he cares about is sandals. <laughs> okay? He don't, you know, I've, I've even been to McDonald's and someone, I was with a, with a Christian guy, and he was standing there. I said, what are you doing? I'm asking God what I should eat. God don't care what you're eating. But no, that's not true. He likes sandwiches. Amen. No, <laughs> but he no. Is 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 this is not what it is about? There are so many decisions he leaves to you. But because if we are insecure, what do we do? We play the God card. Why? Because in case it's not working. Yeah. You know, when I was a young Bible teacher at a Bible school, I'm telling you that uh, I was so insecure. So every time I had to say something that I not heard someone else say. I always said, but he said. So, like, if someone disagreed with me, I could always point to him. You know, this famous person. You know, he said it. <laughs> so, who are you to question me? Because I'm just saying what this famous person said. So, you just shut up. Okay. Now, that was really the spirit of it. I was insecure. So, I had to use name dropping, so to speak, to see. But that was to cover up my insecurity. And I, so I called it faith, but it wasn't faith, it was insecurity. And God does not want you to be insecure. Actually, the Bible says that we must not use the name of God in vain. Amen. 
because of you know, and I don't think it's just that now in the English language, the name of Jesus has become a swear word. I don't believe that that's what it means. I believe it's when people say, God showed me, God told me, this is using the name of God in vain. Because what we really are doing is we are using God to confirm our insecurity. Okay, as I said, God had never said to me when I looked to buy a car, God has never said no. Yen has, but God hasn't. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And, and it's so and and that's and and because people think this is normal that Christians they hear from God in that way, also, oh wow, I wish I could hear from God in that way. But no, God, it's not God, it's imaginations at at best. At worst, it can be a familiar spirit you you have opened up for. Okay? So so this is the first thing Jesus say, be aware, take heed, old English word, so pay attention, pay attention. You know, the Bible, do you know the Bible says, we shall know them by their fruit. The Bible does not say we shall know them by their noise. We, we shall know them by what they are saying. No, we shall know them by their fruits. And now what fruit are we talking about is the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Meaning, it's not something you and I we can reproduce in ourselves, because it's the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Something you know, if you go past an apple tree, have you seen the apple tree? Say, oh, I need to produce apples. I need to produce apples. No, all the apple tree needs to do be planted, have connection with water, and then the process is the rest. I you know, like I used to pray, God give me patience now. Okay. Oh God, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know if you have you ever. Uh, none of you have this, but oh God, I'm fighting this hot temper thing, and when I notice that you pray that you lose your temper ten times the same day or something like that, because now you're really, really going to pull yourself together. No, because if you could do it, it would be your fruits. No, the way the fruits of the spirit works is you walk with Him, Amen. You and when He produces the fruits, okay. You know, one of the things we have been told, we are lambs or sheep. What, what do sheep do? They just eat and get a haircut. That's all we need to do. That's all you need to do. Eat, read the word of God, and then get a haircut. <laughs> but it's so vital in this day and age because of people think, I need to pull myself together and do this when I'm No, you need to follow Jesus. That, that is what it is about. But because of there is this naive way of thinking, you know, like when I became a Christian, especially when I became a leader, I always thought that the question in life was always about that it was about one good, you know, I could make a good decision and everything will fall out, will be perfect. Or I could make a bad decision and everything is bad. So to speak. So my challenge was always the way I pray. Oh God, show me what is your plan. So meaning, I I I was looking for that perfect plan. But I don't know about you, but I found out in life there is no such thing as the perfect plan or the bad plan. Most of the time in life, you have a choice between two bad choices. Okay, that's life. But the worst decision is not to make one. 
You know, I used to be, if I make that decision, these people would be happy and these people would be angry. If I make the other decision, it, it would be opposite. So I just have to measure out which one is the biggest group, who gets, who, and then you make go, but that's not how it works. You know, you, sometimes you have to make decisions. But because we don't want to make decisions, because when we make decisions, now we have to take responsibility. So what do we do? We say, God showed me. God showed me. Okay? Now, but the problem with that is that as it's only what we take responsibility for that we receive authority for. Do you understand? I, I, I only have authority in, to the limit of my responsibility. It's, if God has told, you know, I'm, I don't have the authority to, to rebuke the prime minister or whatever. That's not my job because that's not my responsibility. Okay? It's not my responsibility to correct the neighbor's kids because they're not mine. But it was my responsibility to correct my own. If I correct the neighbor's kid, it could be child abuse. If I don't correct my own kids, it's child neglect. Do you understand? And, 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 so, and, and it is so vital we understand. And a part of one thing we are lost in the body of Christ is correction. Do you know that? Um, what, the Jewish people, they have to be circumcised on the eighth day. Do we still do that in the Philippines? Not anymore. It's like, you don't want this old man to circumcise. Oops! What's the name? Harry. Oops! Hannah! <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, no, so... They have to be circumcised. Why? So that they belong. In, 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 in church life or a Christian life, that one of the secrets, if you want to grow, you always have to be open to be corrected. Not correction for the sake of correction. Now, correction is not punishment. Do you understand? Correction is to direct you to the right path. Okay? That, like, uh, what can I say is that if God never corrects you, that means He don't love you. Why? Because He basically says you're not my responsibility. Do you understand? Why? Why does God correct? Is that because He wants to show you I am the boss? No, it's because He said I want you to go from glory to glory. And people hear the two words glory. But we don't hear the two, the little word two. Because in that process between the two glories, two, that's where you find the correction. That's where you find the discipline. That's where you find the adjustments and so on. Because you're going to glory, to glory. Yeah, I, I remember I went to see uh, some you know, badminton players, you know, some elite players training. And uh, you could be fooled to think that coach did not like any of these players. Because he punished these players, I'm telling you, uh, badminton players, mo, mo, probably some of the fittest athletes. And, uh, and you could, he, but that coach, he was not there to punish them, he was there to improve them. Okay? And it's so important we understand that God 
does not want you to just to be on standby for the rest of the life, living in mediocrity and say, oh, I'm blessed. That's not the purpose of your life. Your purpose of in life is to go from glory to glory. That tomorrow will be better than today, and today is better than yesterday, and the next year is better than this year, because he wants you to keep growing. You know, one of the images, you know, Psalm 1 talked about that the wise man is like a tree. Have you noticed? The tree is just about being connected to the water supply. And I always fascinate when you go to uh, Bolton Abbey, where you're walking on the hills, you can see these old trees and the root network of these trees. Some of them are like branches, thick branches, because they've been there. And, and that's the same why they just stay connected. Okay? And uh, so, we, anyway, so for many shall come, uh, no, so, I mean, verse 6, he said, and you shall hear wars of room and rumors of wars, see that you be not troubled. Now, troubled is not only being worried, trouble is also don't try to interpret. Don't try to interpret things because you're ending up seeing things who are not there. Have you noticed you can look at something so much and then you see something that was not there. And because now you've seen something that is not there, now, you can, right now that's all you can see. I remember I had this, uh, I, I, I was sleeping over with one of my friends. I think I must have been five, six years old. He was uh, three years older than me. And he's someone who likes something scary. And then he said, Kurt, uh, look at the curtains. Can you see there's a face? No, I can't see there's a face. Can you not see the face? No, I can't. Can you not see? Oh, yeah, 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 I can see, yeah. <laughs> I can see. Oh, wait, I, I stayed up all night. Because all I could see was that face that wasn't there. <laughs> okay? And I'm telling you, many so-called prophetic people, actually, all of them, I'm going to say, they do that. Okay? I, I, there was a Christian guy on TV some years ago and said, oh yeah, you know, you know the Nazis, they used the phrase they call the fifth column. Uh, that was, um, so it's like, what, so what, what it come out of it? So like when the... When Germany, the Nazis lost World War II, they have they have created this regiment they call the Fifth Column. It was like sleeper agents within the society that, when at one command, should rise up within the community. Okay, and uh, and so there was this American preacher. He said, "Oh, they are already here. They have found military vehicles in the harbor of New York." And so on, and everyone believed me. It was a it was a World War Two ambulance from Poland or something like that. But they could make every, every oh, and Jesus is coming soon, and be quick to send me some money. <laughs> okay, and uh, and it, it, it's just stupid. Okay, you know, if Jesus comes today, if Jesus comes tomorrow, if Jesus comes next week, that is his business. Amen. Or what is my business? I'm always ready. But the way I'm ready is not that I'm, I'm standing at home with a suitcase in my hand, looking up in the sky. No, no, no. the way I'm busy is that I do the work of Jesus. That I reach out, testify about his goodness. I'm a witness of his kingdom. I'm trying to, at, my, at the best of my ability and whatever he entrusts me, to bring the kingdom of God here. Amen. So that's how I make myself ready. You know, but if you read uh, Proverbs chapter 
31, you know, above the, 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 the woman. That's really the church is talking about here, how the church should be. Okay? We should wake up early in the morning, go a bit late. To, so on. Anyway, this is about the church. We shall be busy. When he comes, Jesus said, when I come, will I find the faith? You see, that would mean you can, faith can be seen. Amen. Faith can be seen, not heard, seen. Are you like, oh, yeah, I, I was once to a conference and then we were sitting at some round tables, I think it was a lunch or something like that. So, so when table next to us, there was this couple and whatever, oh, they got this prophetic word. And, and, uh, and you know, the English way of saying it is basically, they, this guy, he just blown smoke up the backside, you know, because the way, oh yeah, I'm going to speak to this, that, and the other, but, you, know, you know, like you name it, God will send him to, and you could see that is never going to happen. Can you imagine? I say, God told me, Kurt, you're going to be the American president. And you say, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. God told me. I can't. I'm not born in America. Okay. I can't even be British Prime Minister. I'm not born in UK. <laughs> Do you understand? No, but, but it's just imagination. And when people can live on that kind of imagination, fantasy, and not realizing their whole life is rolling past them. Okay? And that's where we, 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 we owe it to ourselves and also to the privilege where we have become believers that start living life now. Okay? Start doing what you what, what you created to do to be a blessing for those around you. Amen. Be a blessing for those around you, and uh, and uh, and that's uh, so. So he said, "Don't be troubled, for all these things must come to pass. All these things will. You know, people are people. You know, people without Jesus, they uh, are selfish." Uh, they are motivated only by one thing themselves. What is it for me? Uh, so, so we shouldn't be surprised that things like that, these things happen. Some people used to come and say, "So now we're doing this, and now we're doing that, and now we're doing this." And they, you know, they say, "Yeah, what do you expect? They are sinners." When we were in Copenhagen last month, Matthew and I, so the main shopping street in Copenhagen, there's, it's like. Uh, what can I say? You know, it's a very famous street. If you name the street, name of the street in Denmark, everyone knows it. Okay, and um, and then at the entrance, it doesn't say Copenhagen. It's a it's a welcome to Copenhagen. <laughs> okay, and people make say, they say, oh, we need to pray against this and so on and so forth. I say, you know, for me, I don't care. Because what can you expect from a sinner? Okay, what you know, sinners. They, what what do sinners do? They sin. Oh no, sinners are done there. Oh, why are you surprised? They're sinners. Don't be surprised about it. But let it be a motivation for you to be a witness in your world. Amen. Now, when the devil, when we hear, when the devil he does something. I'm telling you, indirectly, many Christians, they become the messengers of the devil because they're broadcasting all the bad things that the devil are doing. We don't need to do that. 
We all we need to do is be a light. Amen. So so what you know when I read uh, there's an old book uh, I called Land of Hope and Glory. It's about the uh, revivals here in the UK. When uh, John Wesley, this famous uh, man who started the Methodist Church, and uh, when he started out preaching, there's a description of the British society at the time. It was like people were drunk on the street. They went to the pubs, got so drunk they crawled home. You know what? It's not like today. <laughs> you know, it, 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 nothing is new under the sun. The sinners are sinners. But they were not motivated by the, what the sinners do. They were not intimidated by it because they knew he who is in them is greater than he who is in the world. So what did they do? They did what Jesus asked them to do. What did he ask them to do? Arise and shine. Amen. You know, the Bible says in Romans, the, the gospel is the power of God. And the best way you can illustrate it is that when the revival in Wales, that they didn't preach against the pops, they didn't preach against this, they didn't preach against that. No, they preached the gospel. And then people got saved. Amen. You know, there's no point preaching against the alcoholic. There's no point preaching against the drug addict. There's no point preaching at this when we are No, we preach the gospel. And when the drug addict gets saved, when the alcoholic gets saved, you know what? When the, when the whole thing is... Because the other way, when you're preaching against things, it is really our own self-righteousness. The power of the, it's the gospel that is the power of God. It's not my moral values that is the power of God. It's not my Christian uh, traditions that is the power of God. It's the gospel. And, and by the way, you know, the gospel is the good news when Jesus came and died for you. you know, don't present the gospel. Say, if you don't get saved, you go to hell. It will be say to a single person, if you don't get married, you will die alone. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, better get married. I I subscribe to Pastor Kurt's dating agency. <laughs> no, if you get motivated by fear into the kingdom of God, you're not saved because you have not met him. Jesus is not something you need to be afraid of. You know, you we follow him, we obey him, we trust him because he loved us first. Amen. And we don't experience love by being intimidated by it. If you don't turn around now, you go to hell. That's not love. Is Can you imagine someone come up to you and say, If you don't marry me, you will be in holy forever. No one Oh, is that true? Well, I better get married now. I actually see that happen. I have a friend that someone said that. So I see was dumb enough to... And... Many years later, I couldn't believe. Uh, no, anyway, but it's actually so. So don't be shocked about the sin, because something stronger is inside of you. Amen. There's nothing to be worried about. So he said, "Don't be troubled, for all these things must come to pass." I mean, he said, "But the end is not yet." But we ended with Jesus say, but we ended not yet. So why does people say when we hear about the war and so forth, oh gee, it's the end time. Jesus say it's not the end. Now I heard about the, the genocide in Rwanda back in the 90s. Oh this, this, uh, the, the civil war in Yugoslavia and uh, who, that was horrific wars. Can you imagine that Yugoslavia used to be known for the most peaceful country in, the, in Europe. Everyone was so friendly, 
Serbs, Croats, Bosnian, they all lived in harmony, they intermarried with one another, and went from one moment to another. They just slaughtered one another. They didn't just kill one another, they really slaughtered one another. Okay? But these things have always happened. Because it's sinners. The Bible says in Corinthians, the devil is the God of this world. That's why we are ambassadors. We are sent to a foreign place. Uh, that's I said to someone, they saying, a Sunday school saying, you sing. Have you heard this word? Don't worry, I won't sing it for you. He got the whole world in his hand. Have you heard that? That's not a biblical song. He got you in his hand. Not the whole world. Because that's where people misunderstand it. They say, oh, if there is a God, why does he allow all this evil? I, you know, I heard that many times. Because if God is equal, no, no. The devil is the God of this world. That's why you and I, we sense as ambassadors to this world. You're a secret agent. Yeah. If you if you know any of the, if you have any friends who believes in extraterrestrials, you could just tell them, you're right. We are here already. <laughs> Amen. E.T. phone home. Anyway, so 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 don't so so don't worry about it. The world is the world. Okay. So, for nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, and pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrow. Now, because of this world here, you have to understand, it will, will crumble until the creation of God, meaning you and I, are fully revealed. Okay? So, and that... But so when sh when shall we deliver you? Now so all these things are the beginning of sorrows. When shall we deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake? And and when shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another? And many now notice again here eleven and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Now he's not talking about you know, where, uh, what religion uses the phrase prophets is Judaism and Christianity. Have you noticed why is it so suddenly so popular today in the body of Christ? Everyone is a prophet. When I became a Christian, everyone was an evangelist. When later on, everyone was a Bible teacher. Now, when everyone was a pastor. So you have a worship pastor, parking pastor, baby pastor. Children's pastor, women's pastor, you, you, you know, you, you, you name something, we had a pastor for it. But here it says with prophets. What, what does it indicate? Because they manage, uh, <laughs> many false prophets. Now, what is a false prophet? Someone who speaks on behalf of God, but not heard from God. Okay? There's, a, there's an old uh, gentleman called R.T. Kendall. He, I think he was a pastor of... Uh, uh, Westminster Chapel in London for 40 years, I think it was. He's an American, so he, he, he came over here, studied at Oxford, and then he preached once, and then someone invited him to be a pastor there. But he's a very intelligent man who, and he basically said that it's a false lying spirit that roams around all these people who say, God showed me. So he, so he asked the question, for example, that, uh, 
Why didn't God show any of these people, so-called prophets, that COVID were coming? Well, no one knew. And, and, they, and they completely held on to this thing that Donald Trump is God's man. God, Donald Trump is God. No one told them that Joe Biden became president. And what his point was that God doesn't communicate in that way. Amen. Just because, let's say, if you, can you imagine if you are a doctor and you, let's say, you you work with x-ray, that doesn't mean that every time you go past a person, you you scan them. (laughs) That's not how it works. Okay? So why do we think when you are, if you are so-called prophet, you have an answer for everything? You don't. Okay? You don't. So, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Who will they deceive? Those who are insecure. Because they will go by what they see. You know, when people say, you know, when, when the Bible says we don't walk by, you know, we walk by faith but not by sight. You know, when you're walking by a prophetic word, that is walking by sight. Because there's something that is in the natural world now. God told you, let's say God showed me you should do this. Now you're not walking by faith anymore. Because faith is you have you trust him. Now, because, oh, but why are you doing it? Because that man, he prophesied to me. Now you're walking by sight. Okay, that's what it means. It's not, uh, of course, there's some people who are dumb enough that, uh, God, shall I do that? And then we see a sign. Uh, I, I remember when, uh, well, when Pensacola was going on, and there was this guy that uh, he, he asked, shall I go to Pensacola? You pray, God, give me a sign. I remember you know, in the olden days, you know, the older one, you know, in the olden days when the registration was different, you know, you had P, K, L, M, N, and so on. This is before the new system here. I then come past the car, he says, P, 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 Pensacola. Oh, I'm going to Pensacola now. God, thank you, God. Apart from it was P registration that year. <laughs> so, so, but the thing is, we can make up things to to because we want. I said to him, "Why don't you just say you want to go to Pensacola and go?" Amen. Instead of dragging God down, you know that I I learned this way. You know that people say, "Oh God, shall I marry this person? Shall I do this?" I mean, what he had done, he said this thing. I I thought it was brilliant. That's your decision. You're supposed to live it, but not me. <laughs> Amen. And you know, God let you make so many decisions. Now, now our kids are adults. We can't go and check on them all the 24/7. Have you brushed your teeth? Have you done this? Have you? Are you still awake? Whatever. Have you done your homework? Have you washed your hands? Have you had your shower? We don't do that because now they. We, 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 we are trained to look after themselves. And how do you think God wants you to be? But you also can look after yourself. Not, not being independent of God, but you can look after yourself. Amen. Can you, Kurt, have you remembered to brush your teeth today? Oh, why wasn't you? God told me to brush my teeth. Is that how it works? In the Danish translation, living translation, 
in Proverbs it says, it's a word that it says, God has given you an ear to hear with and an eye to see with. I mean, in the Danish Living Translation, it says, and he expects you to use it. When I wrote, he gave you a brain too. Amen. Can you imagine if you could transfer brains? Well, with many, they would be like brand new after. Never used. Good as new. <laughs> Actually, I, I, last week I spoke to a guy. He had some scanning and things like that. So I don't know if he scanned his head. So, so he said to me, they found nothing. I said, I could have told you that. You don't need a scanning for that. I could have told you there's nothing in there. There's just an echo. Woo, empty. <laughs> you know, he was serious. He was so happy. They scanned my head. They found nothing. <laughs> Amen. But so don't. So I believe that, you know, that when I, you know, the reason that correction, when we open for correction, is so important in our faith work because of, I believe the way they say, Everything is a green light until it's not. Do you, do you get that? I believe every, everything is a green light until it's not. So which means, let's say, use this example. I want to go to Pensacola. I don't need to look for a car with repeat registration. I go and book a ticket. Unless God corrects me. I said, Kurt, don't go. Go to Pepsi-Cola. No. But, <laughs> I actually thought the first time I heard Pensacola, I thought it. It's the Pepsi Cola have a city. <laughs> it's like the English language is funny. Before Tony Blair became leader of a, a Labour, there was a the leader of the Labour Party was called I think John John Smith. I think it's I can't remember. Anyway, when he when he passed away, that was just around the time I came to England, and I had learned English in Denmark. But it's not like you find out quickly that the British don't speak English as I was taught in school. So when with John Smith, if I can't remember, I think his name was Smith, his last name, but his name was John anyway. <clears throat> so when he had his funeral, they said something like that. He was a labor leader, like what, some one of the old labor leaders who came from the trade unions and so on. And when he said, oh yeah, and he gets buried in his local parish church. So I was thinking, is he from France? <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know what parish, you know, parish church, you know, you know, you've seen it. It's like, I used to walk around and say, Paris, you know, at the signs. Did the friends plan there? Is that a French denomination here? I did not know. Okay. I, I don't know about you. You might be. And for me, I just took. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I, I said to Yen once, it's amazing how many French churches there are in Leeds. Oh, I said, what do you mean? A parish church? Parish church? Local parish church? <laughs> So I found out it was not Paris. Paris meant something completely different. Anyway, it was also spelled differently. But anyway, but uh, how did I get, how did I? No, no, no. Back to this thing. But every you know, so so that's why it's life saving that you have a heart, but it's always open to correction, not 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 punishment. It's correct because I live by this. So if I if uh, no, that was the thing about Pensacola thing. So that. But if I I go, but I'm always open for if God says no. Did you understand? I assume that 
you know, the Bible talks about when we follow him, he will put his thoughts into our thoughts. But, but we can't take that as a guarantee that every thought that I have is God's thought. But so, but so I, go, I do it, and then if God corrects me, he said, Kurt, I don't think you should go, then I stop. So it's so important that I understand that God corrects. Okay? But if we now have brought up a whole body who cannot take correction, so you can see how many slow motion disasters people are walking into because God told me. And they and they and they are deaf to hear from someone else to say, I don't think so. I don't think this is God. God told me. And it, and you just see a car crash in slow motion. Okay? And there's nothing you can do about it because you cannot force people to do anything. Uh, one of the things that I learned over the years is that, uh, like what we say in Yorkshire, you can you can pull the horse to the water, but you can't force the horse to drink. That, that is my choice. And that's why that two people two people can hear the same thing. Yeah, I remember a friend of mine. We went to a conference. I thought it was so boring, and uh, but my friend he came out after me. He said that was amazing. I said, what? I said, what? Oh, I said, oh, my, my head was like falling down asleep. This was amazing. And you know why? Because my heart was not where his heart was. Okay? And uh, so anyway, and because, so, and, so I met uh, 12, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, but he sh that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved, I mean, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, and when shall the end come? And this gospel shall be preached to the ends of the world. Do you know what is interesting with, uh, with the gospel? The more persecution, so to speak, the more it grows. Okay? The more persecution, the more pressure, the more darkness, the stronger the light becomes. Uh, I, I said, I've I read somewhere that the underground church in Iran is the fastest growing underground church in the world now. Before it was in China, but, you know, in, the, in the former Soviet Union, maybe we should try that one day. So, you know, Christianity was not allowed in the, in the communist. So the way the underground church, can you imagine? Where do we meet up? Ask the Holy Spirit. So they met up, up in woods, so they could always see who couldn't hear from God. <laughs> or maybe everyone, there was only the one who cared from God, everyone else went to the wrong place. But this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached all the world. That's what we should focus upon. Not focus upon if he, that, and the other. It doesn't, as I said, <coughs> if you have a the ambassador to, uh, what can I say, North Korea, maybe one of the most hostile countries in the world, you couldn't care less really who is in charge, so to speak, maybe on a personal level, but not really according to your supply, your living standard or whatever, because North Korea is, has nothing to do with you. You are here to represent the country that sent you. The same thing is that whatever happens in the world, what, what cost of living crisis, fuel, whatever, you know, they, they, 
Have you noticed we in the world we go from crisis to crisis, and yet we are still here, okay? And uh, but it does not affect you. It does not affect me. Why? Because we are not of this world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. The limitations that is in this world does not apply to us. Why? Because we are not of this world, we are in it. In the old Soviet Union, you know, where everyone is supposed to be equal, you know, this is a bit funny, but there is like every, you find out when, when people say we are equal, you find out after a while some are more equal than others. <laughs> so in the old Soviet Union, everyone was, they were all comrades. Just, okay? And if you drove in Moscow, you have your, if you are a party official, you have your own road. You know, you know, common people were not even, okay, the cars were not brilliant, but still, you had your own road. You had shops in, in Moscow, St. Petersburg, where you, could, you had access to all the Western goods, but the common Russian people could not, or Soviet people, as we call them, had no access to it. But the party officials could. Okay, and so, 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 but, so, when you, let's say you were sent to, America, to the Soviet Union at that time, you are not limited by the restrictions that the people in that world is. The people are bound up in sin in this world and so on, but you are not, because you are not subjected to the same restrictions. Amen. You know that in the world, what is the biggest commodity in the world? Time. We are not, because we shall live forever. Amen. You're going to live forever next to your mother-in-law. Oh, there's no amen here. <laughs> Maybe you get into an apartment flat. You get your mother-in-law on top of you. Uh, crazy uncle next to you. <laughs> Anyway, so, so, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in, in all the world for a witness unto all nations, for a witness. Now notice, now this is very important. When we preach, we don't preach to people. We witness to people. What is the difference? They can see. You don't need to tell them. I used to tell you need to stop doing that, you need to stop doing this, and you need to stop doing that, and you need to stop doing that. No, that's, that's preaching. It says, we shall be witness. As I said, but all, we, all of us, what we, all we can do is we can follow Jesus, and people can then decide if we want to follow. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, let's pray now. Father, in the name of Jesus, um, Bring us revelation. Open our eyes of our hearts so that we may know you better, Jesus, daily. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.